the most profound spiritual teachers of all time say the same thing in different ways. Quiet the mind and listen within. Over the last 10 years of my life, I've been asking the same question. Can it really be that simple? This vlogcast is about my journey to the answer. I'm Kayla Crisiglia, and you're listening to Intuition Academy. Today, I want to continue digging into this topic of desire, which is most likely going to be a theme um, for the foreseeable future within these podcast episodes. It is a topic that I have become overly passionate about and that is constantly on my mind and my understanding of it is constantly deepening and I just want to continue sharing as that understanding deepens within me. So today I want to talk about a, um, a take on contrast, something that I think weighs really heavily on a lot of us within the manifestation law of attraction world. And this is going to be a reframe on the concept that we've all come to know as contrast. Contrast, if you're unaware within the law of attraction manifestation world, is like when something comes up that we don't like. Like if we say manifest something that we did not really want to manifest, when we create something we didn't want to create, when something happens and we're dissatisfied, that is contrast. Dissatisfaction is about the same as we can say any negative feeling, like when we are judging a situation, judging another person, judging um, a relationship or circumstances, judgment in general is also something that can be deemed as contrast. It's basically anything that feels negative, anything that we're judging as negative. If we're finding complete acceptance in like what we would say is a quote-unquote negative experience, that is not contrast. <laughs> I mean, it's still contrast, but not in the way that the majority of us have experienced it. So contrast from the way that the law of attraction manifestation world has created it, um, created the concept for a lot of us is just this negative experience, something we do not like. And a lot of times what I see happens to people within this work and within myself and my own experience is that automatically the reaction is just like, oh my God, I fucked up. Like, oh, like I fucked up. I don't know how to manifest. I don't know how to create. I'm not energetically aligned enough. Like I have to, I have to change this. I have to do something. I did something wrong. Like I did something wrong. That's like the number one thing that so many people experience when they're within a moment of contrast, right? Like I did something wrong. Oh my God, like I, I did this. This is of my own creation. And then it sends us into this spiral of complete and utter turmoil and pain and grief and um, it just heightens the resistance so much more than is necessary. <laughs> and the amount of shame that is attached to these moments in my experience and that I've experienced within my clients is like, it's just so tangible. I did something wrong and then I'm ashamed of myself. I should be more developed. I should be this. I should be that. I should have done this. Like, oh, if I had just been a little bit more understanding, if I had been a little bit more self-aware. Here's the thing about contrast that relates to desire. We cannot come to a deeper understanding of what we truly want in our life, in our experiences, 
until we are within a moment of true physical experience. Meaning, I can sit here and say that I desire to be a business owner, right? Like, I want to I have a business. I want to create a successful business. And then I enter into creation of a business. And I realize that everything about that whole concept of having a business isn't actually what I want. Like, I don't like the back-end stuff. I don't like having to sell. I don't like having to A, B, C, D. All the things, all the contrast starts to arise. We ask the universe for the business. The, the universe delivers our manifestation. We create the business, and then we realize that we don't like it. And so many people, when they're in this situation, would say, okay, all this stuff, the resistance that I'm experiencing, I just have to like overcome it. Like That's my work. I have to overcome the resistance that I'm experienced to doing all this back-end stuff. And it's like, you know, sometimes that may be the case. Maybe what needs to happen is you have to sit and work yourself through the uncomfortability. But let's say, let's say that you do that. You work through the discomfort of the resistance that comes up, comes up within the business of things that you're trying to figure out because you think that you want the business. And you try all the things and say none of it's working and none of it's working out the way that you want it to. And you don't, you don't like doing the work, but you're just convinced at this point that you're the problem. That if you could just be different, if you could just act differently, if you could just show up differently, if you could just work through the resistance, the business would work. It would work. It would be fine. It would be beautiful. And what the majority of us don't recognize and understand in that moment is that the contrast is presenting itself because it's showing you like in those moments the contrast is just showing you where you're not believing in what you want enough the contrast isn't there to punish you it's not there to test you it's not there to push you to your limits it's not there to push you to become a different person it's there to show you what you really desire and maybe the concept of what a business is to you in the beginning is not what it turned out to be. What you thought the business would become is not what it became. The work that you have to put into a business is not the the work that you thought that you would be doing. Like to give a very, very simple example of this is like when I was in my early years at university, like the majority of us, I thought that I wanted to be something that I in the end, did not want to be. I thought I wanted to be an astronomer. I thought I, I wanted to go into astronomy. Um, and I wanted to like study the stars. I wanted to study space. I wanted to, um, to be able to like be out in the environment and maybe not be an astronaut, but I wanted to like study space. And so I took some college courses and I realized like very quickly that the majority of the work that an astronomer does is on the computer and a lot of it is coding and it's not sitting and staring into telescopes like studying the sky that's not the majority of what an astronomer does a lot of it is physics a lot of it is mathematics a lot of it was stuff that i don't actually enjoy doing and it made me realize like oh i don't want to be an astronomer i just think that space is fascinating but that doesn't make me want to learn like physics and mathematics that's not that's not my desire. And so my desire shifted. And that 
is like exactly what the majority of us are not willing to do as we get older. To look at something that we've been trying to create and to say, oh, I see now. I see that I thought I had a story in my head about what this was going to look like when I got here, when I was doing the work. And now that I'm here, I realize that I actually don't want this. I want something different. And instead of using that as a moment of clarification, instead of pivoting and allowing ourselves to shift and say, okay, I thought that I wanted this sort of a business, but now that I'm in it, I'm realizing like this doesn't align with me. This isn't my, this, this thing that I'm doing right now, I don't desire to do this. Instead of saying, okay, let's pivot, let's shift, let's look at what do I actually want now? The majority of us go, oh, like I just have to figure it out. Like, I just have to force a, a square peg into a round hole now. I have to figure out how to shape myself and to shift myself and to create a new version of who I am. I've got to do the subconscious work. I've got to overcome these limiting beliefs. And it's like, have we ever actually sat down and just asked the question, do I want to do it? Do I desire this? Do I actually desire to do this? And if the answer is no, and that's an honest no, then we can just pivot and allow ourselves to look at things a little bit differently. The majority of us also, when it comes to the things that we desire, say that like you desire big things and like this has always been my thing. My whole life, I've been a big dreamer. I've dreamed very large dreams. And a lot of times, the majority of us who have big dreams get like, big shutdowns from other people like um you want to do that big crazy like you the my big crazy thing for a long time was I want to have a successful business and I want to work from my laptop that was a desire that was born in me in like 2017 I believe and the amount of big shutdowns that I received from every single person that I told that to was astronomical Every single person, there wasn't a single person who was like, oh yeah, that sounds doable, like you should follow that. Every single person shut me down that I, that I shared that belief with. It did not stop the desire. It did not stop the desire in me. And that is how you know when the desire is real. That's when you know the desire is real, when the desire doesn't go away. But when we're trying to force a round peg into a square hole or the other way around, Like that is when it starts to feel difficult. That's when it starts to feel like, like that's when we start to feel miserable because we're trying to do something and we're not looking at what we actually want. We're just telling ourselves that we're wrong, that what we want is wrong, that getting clarity is wrong. Half the time, we don't even get to the point where we're asking for deeper clarity and asking like, oh, well, maybe this wasn't what I wanted in the first place. We're just so self-critical of ourselves that we don't allow ourselves to get clear over time. We don't let the contrast be okay. We let the contrast mean that we manifested something incorrectly, that our energy is off, that we need to to get better energetically. We need to feel better energetically. Once I feel better, this will work. Once I feel better, it's like, what if you don't feel good because you haven't gotten clear on what you want? You're trying to force yourself to want something that you don't want. What if what you wanted was okay? What if you got to sit down 
and just play a very simple game, which is the game of contrast. I'm going to look around at my life right now. And this may feel overwhelming if your life feels like very like contrast filled right now. So just same thing that I had said in like the four part power of desire series. Like let's just focus in on a single thing, like something really small that that doesn't feel overwhelming. Like we don't have to make a list of everything that you feel contrast about in your life. Pick a category like physical appearance. What is the contrast that you experience with your physical appearance? Um, And like that might be a long list too. Like I know a lot of us are women listening to this and a lot of us have a lot of critical things to say about our appearance. So let's just be kind to ourselves. But just like play the very simple game of listing out the contrast. Like this is the contrast I'm experiencing right now. And while you're doing this, I just want you to be self-aware that the mind is going to do anything that it can to prevent us from experiencing a repetitive amount of pain. And the mind is sort of illogical in this sense because it typically, as it's trying to save us from repetitive pain, it's actually creating pain, um, as we've all experienced before, right? So like recognize that this list of contrast could probably go on forever. Like sit down and just notice how much bullshit you can come up with and recognize that it will probably never end. The mind is so good at finding problems that it wants to solve. It is so good at spinning stories about why we can't have what we really want. But just use this as an exercise to show yourself like, okay, the list of contrast is long. The list of contrast is long. And I don't have to do anything about the contrast. The contrast exists, and that's okay. The contrast exists, and it is giving me clarity. This list of contrast is just giving me clarity. It's just showing me what I do not want. That is all. There is nothing to work through. There is nothing to process. There is nothing to force yourself to do. There is nothing that is in your way from this list And anything physically, truly in your way, in a sense that I have to overcome this thing before I can have what I want. No. The contrast is just a tuning fork. It is just a tuning fork. It is just giving you the opportunity to look at your reality and say, okay, this is what's present for me right now, and this is what I'm not satisfied with. So what do I want instead? And this list of contrasts is going to become that list of things that your mind says, okay, well, but, but because of all this stuff, we can't have the list of things that we desire. Like, we've got to overcome all of this. And it's like the work isn't overcoming anything. The work is always bringing yourself back to what the desire is. It's allowing, it is allowing the moments of contrast to become moments of growth, to be moments of clarification. Like, okay, I see that I have this story running in my mind and usually it's painful because we know what we want and the mind is spinning these stories that's telling us that we can't have it because of this story, because of this opinion that this person has, because this person told me it's illogical to want this, because I'm ugly, because I... I need to go on whatever the the story is. Like, it's always a painful story that's running. 
recognizing that that is just contrast. <laughs> it's just contrast. It's the mind coming up with stories for why you can't have the thing that you desire, but it's not based in fact. It's based in the mind's projection of the future. It's projecting into the future and it's saying, well, this is what I believe the future is going to look like. And because of that, that means that we can't have what we want. And I'm just here to say that's bullshit. The mind can't predict the future, as I've said in previous episodes. It can't predict the future. And not only can it not predict the future, it, it doesn't have access to the future. And it will always, always, always most likely predict it inaccurately. And the funny thing about that is that when the mind gets really good at this game, it creates the future to validate itself. So, contrast. Contrast is a beautiful thing once you can stop yourself from feeling so afraid of it, when you can stop looking around and seeing problem, 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 I have to solve this, I've got to solve that before I can get to the end result that I'm looking for. The only thing that needs to be overcome in this scenario is the disruption that you're feeling towards the desire in the first place. the wondering, like, the process of, of trying to force yourself to want what you don't want and making yourself the problem for the reason why it's not working. This work, I had said to a client recently that when it comes to the work that we do in this community, people who experience results, whose lives really change, usually are are really really they get really good at doing three things like one is being brutally honest with themselves along the process this is that step like looking at what you want and saying like do I really want this like that is one of the most terrifying questions that I find that my clients find themselves asking themselves at some point in time like looking at their circumstances and saying like do I really really desire this like a lot of people experience this with relationships Like the amount of times I've heard people say, I don't want to ask my inner voice if I should break up with this person or stay with them because I'm afraid of what the answer is going to be. They're afraid that the answer is going to be break up with them, right? Or they're afraid that the answer is going to be like stay with them. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like I'll say something that no inner voice facilitator has probably said before. It doesn't matter what your inner voice says about whether you break up or stay with somebody. It doesn't matter. What matters is what do you want? (laughs) What do you want? The inner voice is constantly just attracting. It's showing you, it's giving you clarity around the thing that you're telling the universe that you want. You You could be with somebody who is toxic, with somebody who is abusive. You could be with somebody who is emotionally, physically, they're just not a good human being if we want to use those words. They're not a good human being, but your desire is still aligning with wanting to see the good, with wanting to see the positive, with wanting to to work it out, with wanting them to change. And the inner voice is going to align its answers with what you're desiring. The inner voice 
is completely neutral about everything that you desire. It doesn't see any of it as good. It doesn't see any of it as bad. The majority of us dip into our inner voices thinking that all of the deepest answers that we have for life reside there. And the majority of them do. I'm not saying they don't. But at the end of the day, what matters is what do you want? Having to be brutally honest with yourself in that process. Looking around and saying like, do I really want this? Do I really want this person? Do I really want this job? Do I really want this business? Do I really want to be this type of mother? Do I really want to, to live in this sort of area? Like the, the difficult, deep questions that we have to ask ourselves, the ones that our mind is afraid to hear the answer to, the inner voice doesn't have the answer to them. The inner voice can just give you clarity around what you already want. The inner voice can only give you clarity around what you really want. And so our job is about being brutally honest with ourselves and realizing that as our desires shift, the answers that we hear from the inner voice will shift too. And sometimes that can be a difficult process and it can feel like a mind fuck, right? It's just like, oh, okay, well, if my inner voice doesn't have the exact answer that I need, if it doesn't have the clarity, like this was something that my inner voice forced me into as I became aware of it. If you've listened enough to my podcast, you've heard the story about how at one point um, I had been basically doing every single thing that I was guided to from my inner knowing, from my soul consciousness, inner voice, whatever you want to call it. I had been doing everything, everything that my inner voice was guiding me to do. And one day, the answers that I heard from my inner voice shifted. They went from every single answer being presented to me to just hearing, what do you desire? What do you desire? It was like the inner voice knew that I had shifted from like this, this deep understanding of like, okay, the inner voice has every answer that I need and all I have to do is ask what's gonna serve my highest good and then I'm gonna get the answer and the inner voice was just like, no, we're gonna integrate now. We're gonna integrate all the work that you've done and we're gonna show you that you have the answers and that you do not need to dip into something that you feel is separate from you to get the answer. Like the answer's already there. You know what you want. <laughs> and I remember melting down about this so hard because I was like, I thought that you had all the answers in her voice. Like I, it, this wasn't supposed to be my job. Like it was so much easier when you just gave me the answers and then suddenly I wasn't getting the answers anymore. I was expected to come to the answer myself. <laughs> based within my own experiences. And then I get to ask the inner voice for comfort and for clarity around how, can I, how I can achieve those things. But it became less and less about the inner voice telling me what my desire was. It became less and less about what's gonna serve your highest good. The inner voice was like, you know what's gonna serve your highest good. You know, you've done the work, you've integrated, you have the belief systems, you've, you've done everything that you need to do to have the answers yourself. And so becoming brutally honest with yourself, because at the end of the day, we do, know, we do know what we want. We know. The people who get results, first and foremost, are the ones who can be brutally honest with themselves in the process, even if the answer that they hear is like the most painful thing for the mind, because it had this story about what was supposed to happen and letting go and moving into 
okay, processing through the grief of like, I thought this is what my life was supposed to look like. I thought this is what I was supposed to do. And now here I am. And that's okay. It's sad and it sucks, but that's where I am. And it's okay. So that's the number one thing. And the second thing is the people who are actually willing to do that, (laughs) work through any pain, any emotions that come up, the people who are willing to process through the pain bodies, the bean bags, the whatever you want to call them, these painful emotions that arise within us that are just pre-programmed in us from experiences from our past. The people who can learn how to emotionally process in the way that works best for them are also the people who have amazing results. And it's not because processing through the emotional pain excuse me, it's not because processing through the emotional pain eventually gets us to this place where things don't bother us anymore or that this isn't triggering anymore. It just allows us to not feel crippled by it. It allows us to process it to the point where like we're not in excruciating pain when those thoughts arise in our mind. The whole concept with this step is not to delete that thought process, the subconscious programming that the mind has. In some ways we can. There's a lot of different ways that you can do subconscious reprogramming work. But listen, if we were robots, we would be robots. Like subconscious work is amazing. It's beautiful. But it also, these things that have happened to us in our life are serving us in a way that we, we probably don't even fully understand and can't understand right now. And To some degree, like I said, we can clear up certain subconscious thought systems, but those memories and those thoughts are still always going to be there. We can't change what happened to us in this lifetime. All we can do is shift our perspectives about the way that it unfolded. All we can do is shift the emotional response that it has in our bodies. We can release the trauma, the trauma response that our body has, But that doesn't mean that the thought is going to go away. And the majority of people in this community think that because they're having the thought in the first place that there's a problem. It's like, no, you're having the thought because you're a human being and that's the way that this life works. We pick up things as we get older, as we have experiences in life, and we react to them in a certain way. And if we can learn through emotional processing, through deep subconscious work, through whatever works for you, if we can learn how to process those emotions and those reactions in a positive and like growth-inducing way, if we can release them to a degree to the point where they're not like sinking their claws into us whenever these thoughts come up, if we're not allowing the thoughts to control our reactions, our reality, that is when people have amazing results as well being able to do the emotional work, not allowing their history to dictate their life, but also believing and trusting that the thoughts, the feelings, like those things could potentially never go away. The memories are never going to go away. The memories will not go away. (laughs) But it doesn't mean that we have to be activated by them. It just means that they can be there. We can have full acceptance of them. This happened in my life and it's okay. And I know that that can be a really tough pill to swallow for a lot of us because, listen, I have experienced really deep trauma. As a lot of you know, if you've listened to my stories and you've 
you've heard my, my experiences in my life. And there was, there was a time in my life where I was like, what do you mean? I'm just going to have to accept the fact that that happened to me. Like that, that I experienced that thing, whatever it is. Like there's a laundry list at this point of things that I'm like, do I really have to accept that that is my reality, that that happened to me? And that it's never going to go away. Like, I'm never going to (laughs) forget until I'm 90 with Alzheimer's. (laughs) I'm not going to forget. No. I just have to, like, be able to see what happened to me and be like, that was was something that shaped me into the person that I am today. And that's okay. And it's okay if I look back and I'm sad. Like, what? That is a really, really tough pill to swallow for a lot of people that you just have to get to a point where you've emotionally processed enough to not let it become something that affects your everyday reality. But that doesn't mean that it just goes away, that the memory fades, (laughs) that the experience means something totally different. It doesn't mean that we have to have an enlightened mindset around these things. It just means, like, can we think about those things without it activating us to a degree that affects our reality, that affects the way that we react towards other people, the the way that that we react to our environments. And also, if we haven't reached that point yet, can we just find acceptance in that? Like, can we just let it be okay that we're human beings and that we experienced trauma in our life? Which, like, as the majority of us get older and, and life evolves and society evolves and our awareness of what emotion and all of these things are, the majority of us have experienced so much more trauma than we were ever led to believe. And we're shamed for allowing those things to affect our everyday life. I know as a woman that there are a lot of things that I've experienced in past relationships with men, with women, within society as a whole, with just being a woman in general that has left me wounded, that has made me feel worthless at times, that has made me feel like I, as a person, do not matter. That's a shame, right? That's trauma. That's a trauma response. (laughs) And the majority of us want to say like, oh, like my life wasn't that bad. Like, nothing that bad has happened to me in my life. And it's like, no, the majority of us are really traumatized. (laughs) But we just don't see it that way. And that's okay, too. But giving ourselves permission to not have it all figured out all the fucking time. Like, this is something that I've been processing through when it comes to my romantic relationships and the way that I'm involved with, with people in a romantic way. It's like... The majority of people that I have been with in my life, I don't want to say have shamed me because like we, I I know that the majority of them had good intentions and they did not know what they were doing. But a lot of times I ended up feeling like my emotions weren't valid and that the fact that something from my past was still affecting me and my current reality was wrong and that I wasn't a developed enough of a person because of that, that there was something wrong with me because my past still affected my present. And let me tell you, That is just human nature. 
That's just human nature. It is literally science. <laughs> it is the way that our brains work. We pick up things that have happened to us in our lives and they become subconsciously programmed into our minds. And especially if you're one of those people who has experienced something repetitively over and over and over and over again. Like, first of all, I need you to let go and I desire, and not like in this need of like, you're doing something wrong, but like, I, I really just want you to know that if something has happened to you repetitively in your life, it is not your fault. You didn't continuously create it. You're not continuously creating these these horrible things that have happened to you in your life. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. You're a human being. We are not enlightened beings. On some level, yes, <laughs> we have a soul and we came here to experience all of these things, but you are still a human at the end of the day who has human experiences. And that soul aspect of yourself does not judge any of the experiences that you've had. It doesn't think that you're doing anything wrong. You are not doing anything wrong. As difficult as that may seem. <laughs> so, <laughs> circling back, the second one is about emotional processing. Like when you can really learn to accept where you are in the moment and accept that you're a human being who's had human experiences and accept that some of those experiences are going to continue to affect your present reality, there is a way to, to maturely handle emotions that arise. And that's something that's like emotional maturity, right? Like as we grow, as we learn how we as an individual can process through our emotions in a healthy way, it can become one of those things where we just become aware. Like, oh, there's my programming. There's my programming. I see it. I see it so clearly right now. And because of my programming, I want to do this. I want to do this, this, and that other thing. And sometimes maybe we get so caught up into it that we actually do the thing, right? Like we take action and we do the thing because we're wounded. And that's okay. That's okay. I don't care what anyone else says to you. That is okay. You are allowed to be fucking wounded. Life is hard. It is not all butterflies and rainbows. It is difficult. And the majority of us who are, like, if you're listening to this, like, I already know without a doubt that you chose, <laughs> you chose to have everything that you want. That's the reason why you're here. That's the reason why I'm here. Because I wanted to experience everything. And that means experiencing the things that our mind labels as bad and the things that our mind labels as good. And the big shift with this placement, with this other thing that helps people create massive results in their life is the realization that none of it is actually good or bad. It's not bad that you experienced trauma in your life. But it's also not good. It can be neutral. It can be just a life experience. But that's something that we get to come to after we 
get after we validate ourselves and what the experience was like that's why this can be so confusing for some people because it's like well you're saying it's not good or bad but then you're saying like it's okay for us to feel valid in what we're experiencing and it's the truth like the mind deserves to feel valid in all of what it's experienced and what it believes is good and what it believes is bad holding the mind and what it believes about those scenarios as whether it sees it as good or bad, being able to pull back and be aware of what the mind is experiencing about what the story that the mind has about that thing. We're aware of it. That is when we get to pull back and say, okay, mind, I see you and I validate what your experience has been in this lifetime. And yes, it was horrible. That's so painful. And I understand so deeply why you're in pain. And I'm not gonna shut it down. Like you feel what you need to feel but we're not gonna take it out on other people and we're not gonna take it out on ourselves. We're just gonna let ourselves feel it. That is emotional maturity. Being able to witness what is arising within us and allowing ourselves to feel it in a healthy way without projecting it onto the world around us. And if you haven't figured out how to do that, that gets to be okay too. (laughs) Everything gets to be okay. Everything gets to be okay. And then once we can allow our minds to experience the full extent, the emotion that it needs to experience about those situations, whenever it arises, that's when we get to dip back in and we get to see the neutrality of it. That's when we get to see it as contrast. Like, okay, this is what I experienced. And because of that experience, this is what I know that I want now. This is what I know that I want. And then it becomes the cycle of like, this is what I know that I want now. And here are all the stories where the mind says I can't have it. And this is why I feel guilty about wanting it in the first place. And this is why I feel wrong about wanting what I want. And then being able to just move right back into the emotional, um, intelligent piece of this. Where it's like, okay, I see all of the emotions that are coming up for me as I'm trying to experience and process through what I'm actually wanting from life. and then just asking (laughs) the last piece that I'll give you that I think really really creates results for people in their life is people who are willing to take the action the majority of us are like oh yeah like take inspired action of course like you've got to take inspired action and it's like yes But here is what I think the majority of people think inspired action looks like. Get myself into a high vibe, high flying place. Some inspired thought happens to me while I'm feeling incredibly happy and goofy and amazing. And then I just go and I do it because it feels easy in that moment. That is what I think the majority of people find inspired action to be. But in my experience, this is what inspired action actually looks like. Usually we'll get ourselves into like that high vibing, high flying place. We feel pretty good. We've asked the universe for what we want. The universe has now delivered it. It's showing like, oh, it's possible. And here's the thing that you can do to get it. And then we are given the inspired action step. (laughs) And it is the last thing on the actual fucking planet that we would ever do and want to do. 
And most of the time, our mind is just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And that, (laughs) in my experience, is when the crazy things happen. When we look at something and we say, okay, I asked for what I want, and the universe is saying this is what I have to do now, right? Like, this is what I'm being told to do. But fuck that. I'll literally, I, I told you, universe, I told you I would do anything, anything at all to get what I want. But like, duh. I'm definitely not doing that one. So you're going to have to give me something else. And the universe is just like, but this is the thing. And you're like, but no, it's not. It's not, though. It's not what I want. That is when the universe is giving you the inspired action. The majority of people don't want to do something they've never done before. They don't want to do something that feels uncomfortable. This is when people get so confused. They're like, well, if it was inspired action, it would feel good to do it. And it's like, it's never going to feel good. It's never going to feel good. Are you an adrenaline junkie? Maybe it'll feel good then. If you're not an adrenaline junkie and you're like the rest of us who feels terror and doesn't get excited by it, then it's going to feel really scary every time. (laughs) It's going to feel like a leap of faith every time because you don't know what's going to happen next because you've never done it before because it feels like something that your mind is actively resisting against. Like we've never done this. This is like unknown territory and I'm going to put the red flag up and I'm the the stop sign. Stop, 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 stop. Please stop. Please, please don't go that way. (laughs) Don't go that way. (laughs) But then when you can actually be like, okay, but inner voice, is this like really the way that you want me to go? Like, are you sure? And the universe is like, yes, just go. You're going to be fine. I promise. And then just give you a little push. And then suddenly you're walking into it. And then you get there and you're like, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it would be. Or you're like, this is terrible and I hate this, but the universe is like, just keep going. It's going to get better, I promise. And then you do. And then you're like, oh, things are changing. Things are happening. Okay, this is, this is actually taking me exactly where I wanted. Oh my gosh, this is taking me exactly where I wanted to go. Oh, okay, okay. I think I understand this now. And then you're like, okay, I'm getting even more clear on my desires now. I'm getting more clear on my universe. This is what I want now. This is what I want. And then the universe is just like, okay, well, you feel good, right? And I'm like, yes, I feel great. This is amazing. This is what I want. I know it is. And the universe is like, okay, here you go. Gives you something else to do. And you're like, really? (laughs) That? Please, come on now. When does this end? Does this ever end? No, it does not. And that is why the majority of people don't have extraordinary lives, because that's what it takes. And that, my friends, is a very hard pill to swallow. I am sorry. But it's true. The majority of people do not have extraordinary lives. They have comfortable lives because they get to a comfortable place and they stop asking for more. And then there are some of us who want so much that we cannot stop asking for more. But we have to be willing to pay the price, (laughs) We have to be willing to pay the price to have an extraordinary life, which means doing the uncomfortable thing, which means getting really used to taking the leap of faith. And if we don't, I will quote Abraham Hicks on this one because this is one of my favorite quotes from Abraham Hicks. It's like, you can ignore your desire. You can just, you can settle, sure. But just know that you'll be miserable for the rest of your life because the desire is not going to go away. So what are you going to do about it? That is my experience. And does that mean that's going to be everyone else's experience too? No. 
I believe that there are people who desire a very comfortable, happy life. A very comfortable, like, less than expansive, like, I just want my little homestead, and I want to work on my farm, and I want to have six kids, and I want my husband to be on the tractor outside. You know, like, whatever it is. Like, maybe you want, like, a comfy life in New York City, and, and like, you just want to go sit at fancy cafes and, and drink lattes. Like, that's what I'm doing in Bali. I just walk to a cafe almost every day, and I sit, and I have a latte, and I feel just so overwhelmingly joyful. But I still want more <laughs> all the time, even though I'm blissfully happy, like, 80% of the time right now. There's still, like, a 20% of contrast It's like I have everything that I ever dreamed that I would want right now in my life other than a romantic relationship, but I still feel just as fulfilled as I would if I had that, but I still want more. And so I know I'm going to have to do the scary, uncomfortable things in order to get there. (laughs) And the more that I can take action on those things, the more that I'm going to see results in my life. The reason that I've had the results, the reason that I've done the things that I've been able to accomplish, that a lot of you have witnessed me accomplish in the last few years, is because I was willing to do things that were really, really, really fucking uncomfortable, and all in the name of my desires. It was all about me getting really clear on what I wanted and knowing that I could ask for it, and not letting anything get in the way, not letting others' opinions, not letting others' perspectives not letting like my own fears halt me on the path there. Being able to witness all of them, be like, I see, I see what you're saying. I hear your opposition. And I just want to say, fucking suck it. Sorry. Suck it. Pardon my French. <laughs> But I'm going to keep walking the path that feels good to me because this isn't about you. This isn't about anyone else. It's not even about our mind at the end of the day. It is not about what our mind thinks, about what our mind says, what our mind does, what our mind wants us to do. It's about the deeper aspect of ourselves. Like if we were to remove all fear from the equation, what would we really want? And then showing ourselves that even if the fear is present, we can still want it and moving in that direction. That is the power of desire. The power of desire is just the birthplace of everything. It is the beginning, middle, and end of manifestation. I will say that until my grave. Like It is the beginning, end, middle. It's everything. It's the entire box. It's what the box is filled with. Everything starts with, what do I want? (laughs) And can I just keep getting clearer and clearer on that? Every time contrast presents itself, can I just, can I prevent myself from melting down about it and being like, instead, and being like, oh, oh, okay, 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 that's, I'm I'm, I'm getting clear, I'm getting clear, I'm getting clear. Doing the hard work. (laughs) The more people who are out in the world doing this work, will influence more people to go out and do this work. The more that we evolve as a species, the more that our consciousness develops, the more that our self-awareness and our emotions, our emotional capacity, our compassion, our level of empathy, all of that gets to develop. 
it reminds me of like one of the very first stories that I read from Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. I think it's The Power of Now. It might be A New Earth. But it's his story about how, um, how uh, what's the word? How we're evolving and how people are experiencing more, like more and more people are experiencing enlightenment. And he referred to it as like the first flowers blooming on earth. The first flowers that bloomed on earth, first it was just one. It was the first flower that ever bloomed. And it had a really short life, did not last long, but it spread its seeds as soon as it died. And then a new patch arrived in the next spring. And that flower patch came in and died quickly, but it spread its seed just like the one before. And then it just kept multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. And then each of these flowers started dying at different times and spreading their seed at different times until suddenly we have wildflowers everywhere at any given time during the year. And any uh, the amount of them, uh, any amount of them can die. It doesn't matter. Every single time that one comes into into life, a hundred more are created, regardless of what its life looked like regardless of what its lifetime looked like. (laughs) That's what I believe the power of desire is as well. The more of us who can be out in the world experiencing these things, allowing ourselves to really fully embody what we desire, the more people are going to be influenced. The more people are going to think, oh, I can actually have everything that I want too. Like it's not just, I'm not just looking at envy towards somebody who had a lucky easy life who had everything handed to them. I'm seeing an actual human being who persevered and who created everything they wanted from nothing. A person who wasn't all that special, like that's the type of thing I say about myself all the time. I'm like, I'm not that special of a person. Like I'm just a human being who experienced things and for whatever reason, continued to ask for more, even though I could have crumbled at any point. I'm just another human being, just like everyone else. Anybody who's achieved anything is just like anyone else. They weren't given anything extra. They had the capacity. They believed in their capacity to ask for more and to believe in it and to be able to influence other people to do the same. We're reaching a point in evolution when more and more people are stepping into this role. And it makes me so excited for the future. I feel like a lot of people are like terrified for the future. And I'm like, I'm not. Like I'm excited because I see the way that that life even just within a decade has shifted. The mindsets of like the younger generations and the way that their thoughts and their feelings and their emotions are expanding, the levels of things that they're willing to experience in life and the way and their takeaways and like the amount of support. I don't know about the rest of you millennials, but I can look back at a point in history when women hated each other. They hated each other. Like we did not like each other. And for whatever reason, in like the last five years, I've just seen nothing but this level of openness within the community, like the collective community of women, where it's like we all just sort of banded together out of nowhere. Like race, age, none of it matters. Like it does not matter. All of us suddenly have just come together. I don't know if that's been your experience, but it's like easier to get along with women than it ever has been in history, I believe. You see it everywhere the amount of women who are coming together. And even after big conflict, like I don't, I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but I really love that Netflix series, uh, Love is Blind. And there has been not a single season 
where women have gotten that catty with each other, where they haven't been able to like overcome the disagreements and whatever else that came up for them within the show, you know, save for like the, we won't get into the second season, but the majority of those women have banded together. (laughs) In the past, it would have never looked like that. It would have never looked like that. And that was the thing that was so interesting about a lot of those reality TV shows, right? It was like watching the women be super catty. Like, we're evolving. <laughs> it's obvious. I'm sure that you've experienced evolution in your own life. The reason that you listen to things like this is because you crave evolution. You crave a new aspect of yourself to be born, to be reborn. Because in truth, it was never something that you were lacking in the first place. It's always been there. The things that you desire in your life have always been accessible to you. It's just that life up until this point, society, other human beings, circumstances, they've all just become a huge pile of evidence for why you can't have all the things that you desire. But all that you need is just to remember that it's all just experiences that you had in this lifetime and that's all it is they're just experiences and when we can remove the label of good and bad when we can let the mind have the mind's experience but then still hold that awareness of like i am whole even though all of these things have happened to me i don't have to like rip anything out of my body i don't have to put anything back I am whole exactly as I am. And the experiences that I had in this lifetime and that I'll continue to have in this lifetime are shaping consciousness. It is shaping evolution. Like we're all connected. Every time that one of us experiences something and we're able to overcome and believe that it was okay and and find acceptance with it, as we can continue to do that, it becomes less and less necessary for other people to experience it. I really believe that. It's like doing the timeline work. It's like doing the generational trauma releasing. It's doing all the things that... So, so we stop passing those things down to, to next generations and to the people that we're interacting with in everyday life. Like It is just... It creates this ripple effect that maybe we don't see very clearly right now but just sit with that thought for a minute and tell me that it doesn't feel true to you and if it doesn't feel true to you that's okay i'm not saying that i have universal truths within me they're just my truths and if they resonate with you that's amazing and if they don't that's okay too Contrast doesn't have to be seen as this like big scary monster. I know that a lot of the things that we feel negatively about in our experiences, they feel like these huge mountains that we have to surpass and overcome. But I'll just say something that my lovely coach has said to me over and over again and that I legitimately want to get tattooed onto my body, which is the spoon isn't real. The only thing that is standing in your way is the belief that there is something in your way. It's not the situation itself. It's not the circumstance itself. It's not the people. It's not the beliefs. It's not any of it. It's just the thought. (laughs) It is a thought. And 
the solution to your desire, the way to your desire is through that. Allowing yourself to see that any limitation that your mind may come up with for why you can't have the thing that you truly desire, that is the only thing to surpass. Through that, I see all the stories that my mind is creating about why I can't have that thing, but I'm going to let myself want it anyway. I see all the reasons why my mind says that I can't do this, and that's why I'm in pain right now. But I'm in pain about something that doesn't exist because my mind is projecting into the non-existent future, (laughs) and I don't live there yet. I live right now. What's true now? What is true right now in this moment where I am? If I'm experiencing pain like mind, I, I hear you, I see where you are. You are in that scenario that hasn't unfolded yet and that is so painful and I'm so sorry. I love you so much. I'm here with you. It's okay. The mind wants, it wants us to be, like I really believe this about the mind, that the mind wants to be as helpful as it can. It wants to be helpful and it wants to be able to serve. And so a lot of times all the mind needs in those moments is just to be heard and seen and then to just be gently reminded where we are right now. Like mind, we're not there right now. It's okay. Like I understand like that's so that's so uncomfortable being in that place and thinking those things and I I hear you and I see you and I know that's where you believe you are right now, but come back. Come back with me to reality. Come back come back with like look at where we are right now. We're okay. In a world where the majority of people are most likely telling you that you cannot have what you want. I always want to be that beacon of light that says, yes, you fucking can. I don't give a shit. I said this on a call just earlier today. I don't care if God himself just plops down from the clouds above and says, that's not meant for you. That's not meant for you. I don't care if God himself, if your soul, if your soulmate presented themselves to you, if an alien came down from a spaceship, if like, you know, your fairy godmother or your, your soul team, if, if any, whatever means the most to you, if that aspect of yourself just presented itself to you and said that it, this is not meant for you. This is not meant for you. I want you to be so clear on your desires that you could say, well, suck it. Because that is what I want. That's my hot take. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much to whoever has taken the time to listen to this. I appreciate and care for all of you so deeply. And if you ever wanna connect, if you ever wanna talk, if you ever wanna build a connection, 
with me on a personal level, I just want to invite you to follow me on Instagram. You can DM me. You can send me a, an email, whatever you feel like doing. And just as a simple reminder, <clears throat> at the end of this month, I am going to be releasing the Power of Desire audio course, which if you listen to the four-part series that I released, that is um, the audio course is going to go even more deeply into those topics and we're going to be getting into some really really juicy topics i've said it's like getting to work with me one-on-one um but but not in like such a commit like in such a large committed way and i'll also be doing a q a so if you have any questions that you may have that is going to be released on um, the end of this month november 28th i believe is the release date And it's just $222 for the entire audio course. And that will be um, lifetime access to it. It'll be on a private um, podcast platform. So I'll just be sending you a link after you make your payment. And you will automatically get access to it. um, I think you can get it on like the three, um, like Spotify, Apple, and I think Google. It'll be available on there once you click on the link that I send you. I'm also absolutely willing and able to give payment plans if 222 feels like too much for you right now. I know that we're currently in a recession, so if you feel like you really desire to have access to the audio course at the end of the month and you don't feel like you can pay full price, I've already decided that I wanna give it, um, you know, create a payment plan that works for you. And what's feeling aligning to me right now in my brain is, to do either two payments of 111 bi-weekly or to do four payments of 55.50 bi-weekly for two months. Um, <clears throat> and thank you again for whoever is listening. And um, I will put the link to, um, to everything that I've listed down in the show notes. Um, and I hope that you all have a really wonderful week. And until next time... Quiet the mind, listen within, and always follow the joy.